Thank you for celebrating with us. Thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for everything that you've done. But Finley Lark, and if you know her, uh, she's a chip off the old block, looked at me and said, Dad, we're having our birthday party and Vision Sunday together? <laughs> let, let, me, let me decipher that for you. That's the other half of her that she is a chip off her mother's block saying, please don't make our birthday boring. Please make our birthday a party, a celebration. So if you start talking details and vision, keep me involved and excited about what's coming down the pipe here at Oaks Church. And that's the burden, the task that I have today, both to celebrate our anniversary, but to also have worship, to open these altars for prayer, to see people experience freedom and miracles and healings, to preach a sermon and cast vision for the future. So there's a tall order of agenda on me today. Pray for me, please, if you haven't. Today, I do want to talk to you about Vision Sunday as we also commemorate our one-year anniversary. And in order to do that, I've chosen a very familiar passage of Scripture, and they're going to probably just throw this up on the screens for me today. It's found in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And I want to read it out of the New Living Translation. This is what the spokesman Oh, I, I love that he never even referred to himself as a prophet. I, I, I love that. He, 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 he never aspired to be a major prophet or a minor prophet. He, he just had some questions for God, kind of like Job. We, we spent a considerable amount of time the last several weeks talking about Job and different sermons of our Stories of Hope series. This, this Judean Israelite, had some questions for God. And after he talked to God about them, he wrote down what the Lord said to him. And that became the prophetic book of Habakkuk. Chapter two, verses one through three, the spokesman for God said this, I will climb up to my watchtower and I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait and see what the Lord says and how he will answer. Some variations say my question, some say my complaint, or some say my troubles. He says, I will go up to my watchtower, I will stand at my guard post, and there I will wait to see how the Lord will answer my complaints or my troubles or my questions. While he was there in his watchtower at his guard post, he records that the Lord said to me, Write out the answers that I give you plainly on tablets so that when I answer you, runners can carry them with the correct message that I give you and so that others can know what I have said. Listen to this. This answer or this vision is for a future time. It describes a time later down the road. It describes a time closer to the end and it will be fulfilled. Somebody say, it will be fulfilled. Oh, I need you to say it like you were declaring it in your own life. It will be fulfilled. Our marriage will be whole. Our family will be put back together. Our hearts will be made new. Our addictions will be broken. Come on, somebody say it. It will be fulfilled. Even if it seems slow in coming, wait, or as I would like to say, work patiently as you wait for it for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. If it seems slow in coming, continue to work, continue to wait patiently, for it will surely take place. Listen to this, it will not be delayed. Father, today, I believe that over the last several months leading up to today, you've given me that assignment. And today I have the burden and the assignment of preaching it off of me, of ministering to your people, of sharing what you've shared with me, helping write it down on tablets so we can all run towards it because we believe it's running towards us. God, today would you anoint me for your purpose in doing that? I ask it all today for your glory and for the expansion of your church and kingdom through your precious people here in Northeast Louisiana. If you would agree with me, somebody say in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Chad, for lingering long with us. I, I think just moving us 
in a little more of a practical sense of a very complex and prophetic passage. If I was to ask myself a question sitting in your seat today, I I think I would say, Pastor, where do we go from here? And Brother Self, I I just want you to know it's an honor that each and every week you have begin to be a part of Oaks Church. And, 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 and I just want to say to you today, this is what I believe the Lord has said to me as I was in my watchtower, as I was at my guard post about what Oaks Church should do about where we go from here. But I want to provide a little bit of context to the passage that I shared with you today. As you've already probably surmised, Habakkuk is is the spokesperson or the writer of the passage that I shared. And as I've already told you three different times now, this is not a prophetic vision. This is not a prophetic revelation. This is just honestly, Hoyt, just a just a just a conversation between an ordinary man and God. He he, God, why this and and why this and and why this and and when Habakkuk begins to have this conversation conversation with God, which is in 612 BC, which is 612 years before the time of Jesus, he's actually addressing a couple of things. Habakkuk is saying, how are we, your people, Judeans, Israelites, the Jewish people, the people that have been singled out, carved out by you, God, to manifest your kingdom, your Messiah into the earth. How are we and why are we in such a bad place, such an evil state? I want you to know that this passage is written in a time when the nation was in a time of upheaval. And this one man starts looking to God saying, how in the world did we get here? And as he's asking God about how in the world they got there, here's what God says. God says, you got here because you blatantly disobeyed. You blatantly followed your own pursuits. You blatantly went against me and judgment is coming. Now there is a means of remnant of salvation. Don't worry, this isn't the message. Just stay with me. He says, but I want you to know that judgment is coming. And when judgment comes, I'm going to use somebody more evil and wicked, more perverse than you to punish you. That nation was the Babylonians. Habakkuk goes back to God and says, God, how can you be just? How can you be merciful? How can you be integral and upright? And how can you use somebody worse than us? to punish us. And the reason I just wanted to take a couple of minutes and, and hover around this because it is Vision Sunday and, 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 and it is our one year anniversary and, and this is going to be a great day and it is going to be an exciting day. But I also have a burden and a responsibility from God to stand in this pulpit every week and to preach, not just to entertain. And what the Lord showed me about this passage is there's some of us that, that may be on a line. There may be some of us dilly-dallying with some things that are questionable in our lives and the Lord won't me to tell you today that he will eventually deal with that and he will deal with it in a form of judgment of something far worse than you're dealing with now shaking you and rattling you until it wakes you up all in an effort to get you out of that amen or oh me Amen or on me. And and that doesn't seem like God, but that's what God does. God says, the Babylonians are coming. And then the Israelites say, but they're terrible people. And God says, I know it's going to take that to wake you up. This message is to the southern kingdom of Judah. And here is the key verse of this entire book known as Habakkuk. It's found in chapter 2, verse 4. It's a verse that I didn't read. Here is what Habakkuk, the spokesman of God, says after God answers him. He says, look at the proud. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives end up crooked and perverse. But the righteous will live by their faith and their faithfulness in and to God. So Habakkuk looks at the world that he's in. He looks at the time that he's in. And he begins to ask God these questions. And he says, here's what I've discovered. It all boils down to this. There's people that think they know the way and think they should drive the way. And there's people that surrender the way and say, God, you drive the way. And I've seen the state and the end of both of them. And one is crooked and perverse, and one is blessed and whole. And, and, and I feel like that is very much a message that the Lord would share with me today, that the Lord would share with me to share with you today 
about where you're going in your life. There's actually just three simple nuggets of truth that I want to share today, and they're going to throw this up on the screen as I just share a little bit from Habakkuk. Here's the very first thing that I see when I read these three verses of Scripture is that we need to seek the Lord at Oaks Church for our direction. I don't need to just wake up one day and scroll the Internet and say, hey, this is what so-and-so's doing or this is what they're doing, and we should try to emulate that or copycat that. But more importantly, I want you to know this isn't just about Oaks Church today. This is about you today. You don't need to be looking on the Instagram feeds. You don't need to be scrolling around on the World Wide Web looking what other people are driving and doing and living, decisions they're making. We all, both as individuals and collectively and corporately in this church, need to be seeking the Lord for our direction in life. Put that scripture up there that coincides with that statement. Here's what the spokesman says. He says, I will climb up to my watchtower. I will stand in my guard post. And there, look at this word. Nobody likes it. I will wait to see what the Lord will say and how he will answer my complaint. How many of you know that um, there's a law, a spiritual law, both in the natural realm and the spirit realm called seed time and harvest? That, that's found in the book of Genesis when God says, as long as this earth remains, there will be day and night, summer and winter, seed time and harvest. This is a, a, a physical law that if you want to harvest soybeans, you have to first put seed in the ground in order to ever get a harvest. But this is also a spiritual law that if you want to get to a place of joy, you've got to put some seeds in the ground to get to that place, that harvest of joy. And on and on and on and on. This is how it works in God's kingdom. Don't, don't be mad at me. God's the one that made the rules. I'm just the ambassador, the emissary that gets to tell you about the rules of how it works. But what I've discovered about seed time and harvest is that most of us don't agree with seed and most of us don't agree, disagree with harvest. What we mostly disagree with is the middle word, time. Seed time, then harvest. Seed time, then harvest. He says, I will go up to my watchtower, I will stand in my guard post, and I will wait to see there's going to be a period of time. What I've discovered is all of us want to walk in our best life now. We want to walk in our best days now. Most of us want to be in shape and we want to be fit and we want to be handsome and beautiful and we want to be rich and we want to be all that. But we're not willing to make the sacrifices to invest the time to work and to wait patiently to build up to get to those places. We just want it now. We're a microwave of fast food generation today, right? But I don't care what generation you live in, you can never undo the spiritual and the physical laws that God has set in this earth. And time is required. Time is required. Sometimes in order for you to find out where your marriage is going, sometimes in order for you to find out where your family's going, in order for us to find out where the church is going, in order for us to find out where our lives are going, we've got to go up to our watchtower, we've got to stand at our guard post, and we've got to begin to talk to the Lord, and we've got to give God some room, some time, a space to begin to talk back. How, how do we do that today? How do we do that? Is, is anybody in this place know that you don't have to talk to angels. You, you, you don't have to talk to familiar spirits. You don't have to talk to demons. You don't have to talk to dead people. God made a provision in the gospel where he said, look, I will bring my son up here to sit at my right hand and I will send my Holy Spirit to be in every single one of you. And he will talk to you and he will walk with you and he will counsel you and he will comfort you and he will convict you and he will help you. You don't have to hear spirits. You don't have to hear angels. You can hear God. But in order to hear God, you got to give God some time to talk. That means we, 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 in order for us to go up to our guard post to hear what God's wanting to say, we, we need to be reading his word. Somebody said, well, well, I haven't gotten a word from God lately. I, who's got a Bible with them? I'm just like, just like, let me, let me hit you in the head, Dodo, with the Bible. Uh, boom. How many of you would say, well, uh, you know, I try reading the Bible. It doesn't make sense. Go to a life group. Let somebody help you understand it. Somebody would say, well, I pray, but I don't ever hear anything. It's because when you finish talking, you get up. Have you know, God already knows what you were going to say anyway. He would just wait on you to get your complaint out 
your prayer out so he can begin saying, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to go. This is how you've got to, it's called soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer. When you read the Bible, you read the scripture and then you just sit back for a minute. You put a Selah on it. Mm. What's that mean to me? Where's that fit in my marriage? Where's that fit in my life? Don't just read the Bible and go check and get up and check out. Read the Bible and then marinate for a minute. Drink a half a glass of coffee on it. Close the Bible for a minute. Find out where the Holy Ghost says it applies to you. Get some direction for your business, your family, our church, our ministries from the Lord. That's what Habakkuk promised he would do. Amen or oh me. Every time I've ever gotten in trouble, can I tell you when I've gotten in trouble? When I've thought <laughs> I knew better than waiting on him. <laughs> Every time I've gotten in trouble, say, oh, I've been doing this so long, I know how to drive now. Let me get, I know what you're going to say before you even said it. You know, the Bible says, he that answers another person before they've had a chance to respond is a fool. <laughs> how many of you know that person? They don't even give you a chance to respond. How many say, yeah, you're that person, Pastor? I know, I have to fight it. And I'm confessing to you, I even have to fight it with God. I'm like, God, I've known you long enough. I read your word. I know what you're going to say here. <laughs> And then a couple weeks later, I'm like, I messed that up. Should have waited on the Lord. Spend time in his word. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Spend some time listening to the Holy Spirit. Spend some time listening to God. Spend some time around some other councils, some other people with other voices. Listen to this. Isaiah made this promise 700 years before Jesus. It says, your own ears will be able to hear him in that day. He will be like a voice that's right behind you saying, this is the way that you should go. Do not turn to the right or to the left. How many of you would love to have a GPS with God? That is literally what the scriptures promise, that we can have a global God positioning system. But most of us have our God positioning system turned off because we don't like the recalculating recalculating you made a wrong turn turn around dodo you're going the wrong way i want to tell you this past week brooke and i were able to take the family and go to branson uh, for fall break and family vacation and and i had just a couple of work assignments when i was there one of them was to pick up one of our overseers ted pagel from the airport and I picked up Ted Pagel from the airport uh, and, and, and I brought him to his hotel. But on the way there, I was on the phone with one of my dear friends, Cody Brown, and we were talking about deer hunting. And Pastor Ted and Miss Tanya did not want to interrupt me. And 14 miles later, Tanya finally tapped my seat and said, you have been driving the wrong way for 14 miles. Do you know what happens when you go 14 miles the wrong way? You have to go 14 miles back the right way just to get on course. There have been so many times I've been distracted, so many times I've been thinking I knew right or was in control and preoccupied and tied up with her and led myself and led other people the wrong direction. Amen or oh me. And, and I don't like it when somebody says, you've been going the wrong way. You're 14. Now you're an hour late. Brooke was like, where have you been? Did you have a flat tire? And Ted said, Brooke, he went 14 miles the wrong way. And she said, I should have known. I should have known. None of us like to be told we're going the wrong way. None of us like to recognize that we've made a wrong turn. But, but. There is a recalculating, repositioning system available in God if we just give him a space or a place or a time to tell us, turn around, recalculating, you're going the wrong way. Second nugget that I just want to share with you this morning, we got to get on because I got a lot of vision to share with you. Once God gives you something, what you should do, and this, I'm the world's worst at it. I just, I got a great memory, believe it or not, even though I'll drive 14 minutes in the wrong direction, I can remember everything. I'll never forget that I went 14 minutes in the wrong direction. But after we get something from God, the Bible says that we should write it out and we should write it out and make it so plain that we don't misunderstand it, that we don't miss it. There's so many times that I have spent time with families and 
help families with biblical counseling or life experience or referred them to other pastors and, and, and we invest 30 minutes here and 45 minutes here or lunch hour there and multiple times a week and you give these people great information or I've given great information in my life and I never see them write it down. I never see them make a note. I never see them put it in the phone. I never see them implement it in their family. I never take the time to write it down, put it in my journal and to go back not a year later and review it but the next week to go back and say where am I at on this? 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 You've got to be able to write that stuff down that the Lord says to you. And then there has to be a reevaluation of that, not once a year. How many know, how many of you know if you wait a year to reevaluate, it'll be a year before you recalculate? If you wait till next year to look if you change your eating habits, you're gonna be up 30 pounds. You've got to go back and, and write this stuff down and, and review it and say, where are we at in this area? Where am I at in this place? Where, where are we at? You know, I, I know you probably don't believe this. You probably think working in the church is, is all great. And, and, you know, we sit around levitating, praying, reading the Bible all day. Very first meeting our week starts out with on, on Tuesdays is, where did we blow it last Sunday? <laughs> Woo! <I've, laughs> Speaking of where we're blowing it on Sundays, man, I, 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 I have a public service announcement. Kindly, the first parking lot is for handicapped people. The first parking lot right here in front of the building, we have, we're paying a police officer now to tell people, can you please not park here? This is for handicapped Every Sunday morning, we have people that are physically disabled driving to church, and they're parking at the Coliseum. And they say, I don't see any blue tags in these people's vehicles up here parking in the front. So if you are helping me blow it, going 14 minutes the wrong direction on Sunday mornings by parking in the handicap facility or getting up and walking out and crashing the doors very loudly in our church services while people are trying to learn, can you help me not miss it because I'm tired of talking about it on Tuesdays with the staff? <laughs> Amen or oh me? Vision Sunday, welcome to your birthday party. We're riding it out. We're making it plain. You didn't think the pastor ever got in trouble. I get in trouble every Tuesday. They're like, you're not running a tight ship. I'm like, what do y'all want me to do? Can y'all please tell me what you want me to do this week? Just tell me when I get to preach. Just tell me when I get to preach. Got to write it out, make it plain. Here's a, here's a couple of notes that I jotted it down. Write it down on paper, not just in your heart. In your heart is great. Write it on paper until it gets in your heart. And the most important thing I can tell you about the direction that the Lord tells you to go is you need to view everything in your life that comes up through the lenses of does this deter me? Does this distract me from what the Lord has told us to do and where the Lord has told us to go? So many of us, how many of you remember that little squirrel? <laughs> how many of you remember that squirrel? Let me tell you what happens in church every Tuesday after the staff tells me where I blew it and we blew it, what we need to do better. Then somebody goes, hey, so-and-so across town's doing this on Tuesday. They want to know, can we send 700 people, sew $20,000 and help them pull this off? And everybody on staff goes, squirrel. And they say, Pastor, don't commit, don't commit, don't commit. Pastor, come back, come back, come back. Help us do this. Don't commit to that. You have to avoid distractions. You have to avoid distractions in the ministry. You have to avoid distractions in your life. There's a lot of things that are going to be good, a lot of things that are going to sound good, a lot of things that are going to feel good. And they may, in essence, truly be good, but they can also be squirrels and distractions. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 and 26 say this. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out that straight path with your feet and stay on that safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following your eyes into the pathways of evil. I think the Bible is filled with these statements and these admonishments that say after God answers you and gives you your direction write it down make it plain and move that way last thing I want to say to you before I get into sharing vision for vision Sunday is this third thing whatever it is the Lord says to you 
Whatever it is, you go out of here with a unction and a burden in your heart to say, you know what? I'm going to just test God. I just feel it. Somebody say, I'm going to just, I'm going to see if that preacher really knows what he's talking about. If the word really knows what it's saying. If, if I could really go home and talk to God and hear him and God's going to talk to me, not angels and demons and spirits and psychics and all of this stuff, astrologers, that God will really speak to me by his spirit and he'll show me what he wants for my life. I'm going to go out here and try that. If you're one of those people and you go make application of the sermon today, here's what I want you to know. Start running towards it. Because if God said it to you, it is running towards you. Listen to me. If we truly believe that God has the ability to speak to us and tell us what is in store, what is for our future, that means that God has already dismissed it, released it in the kingdom of heaven, and it is moving into our present reality. Run towards it because it is running towards you. God doesn't send his children on scavenger hunts. You do realize we're not running around all over town trying to put together clues and missing pieces. If the Lord says, move your marriage this way because I have this in store for you, what God has already said is in store is moving from eternity into your present reality. Does, is everybody wrapping your faith around that today? Run towards it because it's running towards you. Put that scripture up on the screen, please, Media Booth. Habakkuk chapter 2. The vision is for a future time. It's, it's, it's not current. It's for a time that you've not lived into yet or gotten to yet. It describes a time that's further down the road, a time in the end. But God says, not Habakkuk, he says, it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait or work patiently for it. For God has promised it will surely take place and it will not be delayed. Run towards it because it's running towards you. Here's a couple of notes that I just jotted down. I want to share with you. Here's what I felt like the Lord was saying to me. Last, last several weeks, I'm, I, I, this is for me. Work every day for it. Work every day for it as if it all depends on you. Trust and believe every day in it and for it as it all depends on God. And somehow his eternity will mesh up with your reality his eternity will mesh up with your present day and those two will run into a collision course into one another to what God has promised you. You will wake up one day and step over into a realm, to a season, into a time that you never dreamed you could be in before because you've now begin to move your life in the direction that God has for you. I told Brooke this past week, I told, told her emphatically three or four times over, this is what I feel like. I feel like in my personal life, in our personal ministry, in Oaks Church, I feel like that we are right on the precipice. Has it been tough? Yes. Has it been a struggle? Yes. Have there been curves in the road? Yes. I should have known one year ago. Carrie Black, would you please stand up? Carrie Black, would you please stand up? <coughs> Forgive me. One year ago, one year ago, we were doing a, a soft launch. We were, we were figuring out if we could unbox and set up, and we didn't even own golf carts at that time. We, we, if you would have filled up people's handicapped parking lots, they would have still had to walk from the back. We didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to, we were getting here at 5 a.m., and Kerry Black, I saw him. He shook his hand. We said hi. And then Miss Rhonda said, Pastor Rhonda says, anybody seen Kerry Black? I said, well, I saw him in the parking lot. And somebody said, well, he was out on the back. And we looked and we looked. There was joggers gathered around. And this man, is it okay to share this, Kerry? This man literally died. Not kind of died, not had a stroke. I mean, I'm not downplaying any of that. Not, 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 not had a, had a widow maker, not an aneurysm. This man died died, 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 died in the back parking lot. We, we stopped the church service. We didn't start on time. There's 40 people gathered around. They got his clothes torn off. There's liquid coming out of his mouth. They got needles in his shins. They're shocking him. His head's banging on the concrete. I mean, this went on for a long, 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 long time. I should have known then 
that we were in for one wild ride in the first year. But I got news for the devil. I got news for every demon. I got news for every obstacle. I got news for every adversary. God raised him up that day in the parking lot, saved his life, and he's going to do the same thing for Brooke and John. He's going to do the same thing for Oaks Church. We're not going under. We're just getting started. Our God's going to make a way. He's going to break every chain. He's going to free every captive. He's going to lay every crooked place straight. He's going to do this just like he did it for Gary Black. This is his one year anniversary of being raised from the dead. I should have known then we was going to have a dead raising ministry that the enemy was going to try to pull us into death and then God was going to rebound us back out into abundant life. Carrie, I love you. Thank you for being a part of Oaks Church all this time, letting us love on you and serve you. We visited him during the hospital. Some of our elders and team drove him from the hospital to church when the doctor said he was cleared from nursing homes. He's back living on his own now. It's, it's been a long, long, long journey. He's, he's mostly back, but he still has some ways to go. So please continue to pray for him. But I should have known then. I told Brooke, I said, I feel like we have fought more obstacles. You know, we thought I told Pastor Chad this. Uh, oh, we just, you know, since the Lord's finally called us to do this and we feel like we're whole and released and we this will be easy. And I, and I really felt like we could do it off yesterday's anointing. We could do it off who we were here in the past and, and, and who we were in seasons past. Little did I know that God would say, what you're called to do today Day, you will have to do with today's bread, today's anointing, today's fresh raiment from heaven, today's fresh relationship with God. I didn't know it was going to mean I was going to have to dig in and search my soul and go deeper and be more transparent and be more on fire for God in order to do this today than ever before. But that's what I've discovered in God. He's requiring of me to do in this season in order for this to happen. But God showed me we're just right at the precipice right at the mountaintop. It's been hard, it's been difficult, but we're right there of essentially surrendering and humbling and walking in obedience and stepping in to what God has sent from heaven to run towards us. We didn't see it immediately. Put the scripture up there. Please, media booth, thank you so much for your service. Never want to be ugly to them. It describes a time that's ahead. God said it will be fulfilled. John, it may be slow in its coming, Wait and work patiently for it. It will surely take place. Every week, I'm just pushing. Our team's just pushing. We're just, we're just trying to move forward. Trying to get to what God has said is being sent to us. If I fall out, if you fall out, if we quit, if they quit, we may not see, we may not get to that place, but I feel like we're right on the verge of us stepping into what God has sent from heaven towards us. And it's with that being said today that, that I wanna just share a little bit with you about this past year and then also about this next upcoming year and what's to come with Vision Sunday. I'm gonna break this down into, into five very simple segments this morning and the first one is this, financials. Financials, would you go ahead and and, and go with me, media booth. I don't want to spend a lot of time, but the bylaws of Oaks Church that myself and Pastor Chad and with the help of a great law firm handcrafted call for us to make transparent disclosures every year at our vision meeting so you, the people that give, sacrificially, obediently, transparently, generously to Oaks Church can see where we're at. Our bylaws also call for those to be audited or to be reviewed by a third party. We chose David J. Griggs, who's an LLC licensed CPA, certified public accountant, and those are available for every one of you here on the way in or the way out this morning so you can see where Oaks Church has been at in its first year. But at the same time, I wanna ask them to just throw this up on the screen very quickly, and I'm gonna move through it because I don't wanna get bogged down in these financial details. Put that first slide up there. You will see that the liabilities and net assets in the very first year of Oaks Church total over $3 million. 
when I have been asked by other church planners, mentors, pastors, spiritual fathers, leaders, where we are at, and I share this, they go, and you guys have been open how long? (laughs) This is not the normal first year of a church plant. You you do realize that. This This is very abnormal. This is because we are extremely blessed. Um, Would you flip over to the next slide very quickly? These are available to all of you out there today. You can see all of the revenues. You can see all of the expenses, all of the ministries, and you can see where the church is at. Stop by. Just keep flipping with me this morning, media booth. You can also see where we're at on every aspect of the church, every aspect of the ministries of the church. You can also see, uh, last page, please. That is it, yeah. You can see every bottom line totaled out dollar of your giving here at Oaks Church. We want you to know that this past year, the budget of Oaks Church was $1 million, $1 million. While that is very much a blessing and very much Uh, uh, an abnormal starting point it's also just that it's the starting point when I began to pray about in my watchtower and in my guard post where do we need to be uh, at Oaks Church I'm going to just tell you we need to be at one and a half million dollars this next year I don't say that batting an eye I don't say that batting an eye because that money does not go to me (laughs) that money goes to ministries to missionaries, to outreaches, to staff members, to equipment, to van. Did you know the church was running a van route this morning? I looked up and I saw people coming in on the van. I said, come on, somebody. It takes money to do ministry. It it, it takes money to do ministry. And, and, And while you're thinking in regards of your checkbook, and here's what we do. Here's some good financial advice for you in your checkbook. Get all you can and can all you get. Get all you can and can all you get. That is not how you run the checkbook of a 501c3, of a nonprofit. It's you gave it, I got to figure out who to endorse to spend it. I got to figure out who to raise up. I got to figure out a staff member. I got to figure out a missionary. I got to figure out an orphan. I got to figure out a new ministry. I got to figure out a new golf cart. I got to figure out a new van. I got to figure out a build. We got to figure out you gave it to the ministry of Oaks Church to make Jesus presentable to the world around us. And so I am grateful for where we've been this past year, but I'm also looking into this next year to see some people in the church make that step to say, you know, God, I'm trusting you with smoking. I'm trusting you with drinking. I'm trusting you with dipping. I'm trusting you with my worship. I'm trusting you with my morals, but God, now I'm ready to trust you with my finance. Can I give you a very ugly statistic in every church in the world? 20% of the membership of Oaks Church supports the ministry of Oaks Church. That means 20% of the people here are doing all of the serving and all of the giving. My heart and my desire for Oaks Church is that at least 80% of the body would be providing for 100%, and that would be only 20% of us in need, needing to be cared for. The Bible says every joint should supply. My heart and my dream is that 80% of you would serve. 80% of you would give. 80% of you would be in life groups. 80% of you would be involved with Reach Sundays, not just a mere 20%. What's going to happen if just 20% bear all the burden is Oaks Church is going to be limited in its reach. It's going to be burning out in no time at all because just a few people are handling all of the weight of the responsibility. So I just want to say thank you for what you've given in this first year. The finances are out there and they're audited and we're very transparent about it, but it's just a starting place. Come on, somebody. Say, we're going to a new season next year. We're going to a new season. Second thing I want to talk to you about today, and I'll just make this very clear on Vision Sunday, is this. They're going to throw it up on the screen for you. Not financials, but our kingdom builders. Our kingdom builders. What all we have undertaken in this first year. All right, we're going to do this very quickly. We've supported four missions, 14 missionaries, one organization in 15 countries for a grand total of $14,000 roughly. Can you go to the next slide, please? Media booth. Then we've also incorporated 27 local outreaches to the tune of another $21,000. And we've also included, third slide, please, uh, future church expansion to the grand total of another $20,000. And then let me tell 
take you to the next slide, which is in advance of next week, of future endeavors. Imagine future endeavors. Endeavors. Imagine Oaks Church on top of what we've already done and on top of everything that we've shared with you today, expanding the body of Christ through foreign missions and expanding God's kingdom through the following, beginning to sow into Eagle Creek Recovery Center, which is where God changed my life and filled me with the Holy Spirit, visiting and supporting orphanages, opening a counseling center, getting behind Teen Challenge USA on a national level, which I did this past week and wrote the check, so I hope you're in it with me, adding new missionaries, planning multiple campuses, getting behind freedom. 13 and sex trafficking starting drum roll please something you don't know about yet ready now recovery sponsoring kids and youth for summer camps those that are underprivileged and can't go beginning bible literacy and sermon and seminary training through SUM for students in our community that want to pursue a call in ministry D drilling water wells and building and supporting safe houses for women and sponsoring bible college students in their tuition and adding local outreach is anybody's mind going boom yet how are we going to do it. This is just all the stuff the Lord's laying in our heart, in our team's heart to do in the days and in the years ahead. And in order to do that, I'm going to transition to the very next thing that I think the Lord showed me. We've talked about the church's finances. We've talked about our kingdom builders program. Now we need to talk about our ministry additions. This next year, there's some new ministries that are going to be beginning here in Oaks Church. One of those is that Go back to that page for me, please. Thank you so much. Ministry additions is we've made some long-term decisions for our kids' department, for our youth department, for Bible school seminary literacy training department, and also for recovery ministry and for future pastoral care ministry. So that means I'm telling you this morning, we've gone all in on kids. We've gone all in on youth. We're getting ready to go all in in recovery and SUM and pastoral care. And in order to do that, here's the people that God's put in our path and God's led Brooke and I to and our team to, to pray about bringing on the team. First and foremost, are you ready for this? Today, it's with all excitement and great honor that I get to announce to you that in 2023, we're going to be transitioning Miss Brittany Russell out of our Littles department and we're going to be pursuing a future with School of Urban Missions and launching Brittany into the cohort advisors role of Oaks Church Monroe, Louisiana for SUM. All the SUM students. Next, I want to share this with you. You probably have began to see this and to know this from over social media but God led us to Jonathan and Jessica Kirkland a few months back about stepping in as a husband and wife team, a successful businessman, a Christian, someone that's been in my life for a long time, a guy that I have influenced, able to speak into his life to begin youth ministry here at Oaks Church. Jonathan and Jessica, are you ready for this? Are going to be starting that this next coming week, not this week coming up, but the next week, we have also made a way to rent the 111 Cottonport building in downtown West Monroe, right next to the police, right under well-lit streets. And we're gonna be hosting youth ministry every Wednesday night from sixth to 12th grade in downtown West Monroe until we have our future home. So those of you that have sixth graders to 12th graders have been saying, man, I love Pastor John, I love Pastor Ron, I love Pastor Todd, I love Pastor Chad, I love Pastor Brooke, love Oaks Church, but my kids have nothing on Wednesday night. Our growth means that now we can afford renting another spot putting student ministry in there and getting your kids involved in camps and retreats and leadership conferences. They've got their own social media pages. They've got their own facility. It's going to be great. A lot more to share, a lot more to come. I don't have time today. And another exciting announcement that I have for you today is that God has led Brooke and I to choose Chris and Heather Bates to be the children's pastor at Oaks Church and you've probably begun to see that. You've probably seen them back there. You've probably gotten familiar with them. Um, you may not know this, but I'm going to go ahead and share it today. When we started Oaks Church, we, we were advised by every church planning organization on the world, uh, just start with a launch team. You, you, the people you will use for long-term staff and pastoral positions, they are possibly not with you yet. 
And, and so when we started, we started with a lot of these people just in, in interim or, or, or in stipend part-time roles, people just saying, we'll help, we'll help, we'll help. And now over this first year, we've been able to choose the right people to step into those roles to begin helping with those ministries that are of the first importance to us at Oaks Church. And that is our kids, that is our youth, and that is our young adults. And so today I'm excited to announce to you that beginning in 2023, all three of those staff members will be in place and those ministries will be up and kicking for kids and for youth and for young adults all throughout Northeast Louisiana. Now, I'm gonna take us into the fourth part of this morning's presentation and I think this will bring some clarity to you guys as well. Pastor Chad, I'm going to ask you to come. Um, I believe there are several still shots as Pastor Chad's coming that I've asked the media team to, to share with you as well. Um, I don't want to just walk you through a, a little bit. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with the Oaks Church story, um, Brooke and I, served in northeast louisiana um uh, i think a total of 12 years of our lives in years past um felt the call to lead pastor got an incredible opportunity and honestly thought west monroe would just be a part of our story and journey of where we had come from and we were going on to bigger and brighter better things we probably wouldn't have said it that way but three years into that journey um, supposed to be the happiest in our lives, uh, definitely in the best place we'd ever been in our lives. Um, we felt like we were supposed to walk away from it all and, and plant a church from scratch somewhere. We wrote this in a letter on the I-20 corridor from Ruston to Jackson. Um, began to talk to mentors about that, began to talk to our board about that in Rochester. And little did I know there were people in the world that understood that, would support us in that, and they blessed us 
and sent us home with three months full salary as the first donors, Rochester Assembly, into Oaks Church. We sat down at a dinner table with, with like literally 10 of our closest friends, families, and none of them were in church. And with our friends and family at one table, we raised the first $87,100 to plant Oaks Church. Three months into a launch team building process called interest meetings, Pastor Rhonda found this beautiful place. Honestly, we couldn't afford it. And uh, God made a way again. We opened the doors here and began holding services here one year ago and 546 friends and families packed in this place that supported and helped Oaks Church come into existence. And I think we had 16 or 19 salvations that first day. Through another kingdom connection, there was a precious pastor and his wife, Chuck and Melba Pruitt. Would you please stand up in the Evangel Temple family? Is there any of you here today that were a part of Evangel Temple, would you please stand up? Sister Janway is back there. Liz Parker's back there. Would you please stand up? Any of you that are here today that were a part of Evangel Temple? Right here. Oh, Miss Pat, I didn't see you. Hold on, come on, give it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And there's more, Rita and Mark Malone. Come on, can we give this, these precious family? They ask us about having a service over there. We went and did a service over there. And honestly, I don't think any of us knew what was coming. And the reason we shared that financial report with you so that you could see the assets were over $3 million is because God moved on these precious people's heart to sow an 11-acre facility and $2.5 million worth of buildings into the ministry of Oaks Church so that Monroe could have a spirit-filled church on the interstate and that Oaks Church would have a home. So within three months of relocating and having interest meetings and opening the doors, we were given a great opportunity. But with that opportunity to whom much is given, much is also required, comes a lot of figuring out, okay, we're going to have kids ministry there. Well, who's going to be the kids pastor? Oh, we're going to have youth ministry there. Who's going to be the youth pastor? Oh, we're going to have life groups there on Wednesday nights, and we're going to do all of these different meetings like Ready Now and Celebrate Recovery and Women's Bible Study. Who's going to lead those life groups? And so we're trying to juggle all of that in the first year and trying to set up and tear down every week and now we're trying to figure out how we're going to build this building and who's going to pay for it and how it's going to come in. Nobody laughed at that. And I have some good news for you. I was told now while those are um, conceptual renderings of the interior decor, I have authority to tell you that is the literal building. That is revision, revision, revision. We have not met budgetarily yet to put a, 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 a price tag on it, but we will live within our means of what we can afford to do, and we'll figure out what we got to do to cut or to value engineer to get it down to where we can afford it. But I was told we will be finished with the civil engineering plans by the end of this month, we should be able to get our building committee and our lending together by the end of this year, and we could possibly be breaking ground by the beginning of the year, January, February of next year. Not that a building's everything. I think us being here has taught us that a building isn't everything. What's everything is our relationship. What's everything is the church. What's everything is praying for one another and serving one another. I'm here today celebrating that God's done some pretty miraculous things in our lives in the last year, and I'm just crazy enough and full of faith now to trust Him for the rest of it. I'm excited that possibly casting some vision, nobody crucify me for yes, I'm not not trying to be deceptive, that we could possibly be home for Christmas at the end of 23 or be starting the beginning of the year 24 over at our new home on the frontage road. Amen? We could have Wednesday night youth ministry. We could have Sunday and Wednesday children and littles ministry. We could have midweek life groups. I mean, there's so much 
that we can do. It's just a barn, but a barn is for a harvest. Right now, we're just sowing some seed, and it may take a little time, but one day, there will be a harvest. We're putting the seed in the ground. You're putting the seed in the giving stations. You're putting the seed in the outreaches. You're putting the seed in the serve teams. You're putting the seed in the weekly worship. It may take a little time, but there's coming a harvest. Seed, nobody likes the time, then the harvest. Here's what I felt like we should do today. I felt like as a church body, we should just go to the Lord and pray. Expressing our gratitude. I, I don't know what God's done for you. Only you do. And, and I'm not saying God did that just because of Oaks Church, but maybe he did it through Oaks Church. Maybe, maybe you have a Chevy Strickland testimony that you didn't even want to come to church and you came to church and a miracle happened. Maybe a new connection happened. Maybe a new opportunity happened. Maybe a new relationship happened. Maybe sobriety happened. I don't know, but I have a lot of gratitude. Even though there's been adversity, even though there's been challenges and trials, I have a lot of gratitude today. and I just want to thank God for it. But at the same time, when I express my gratitude, I'm going to pray some big prayers today over a big vision for the years to come that this has been a great first year but it's just that it's a first year of many 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 great years to come father today i want to say thank you thank you for giving brooke and i the call Thank you for giving Brooke and I the opportunity. Thank you for giving Brooke and I the friends and the family members to come around us and to have a vision for the vision you placed in our hearts to help us to not only move, but to launch, to navigate adversities, to walk through seasons of life. Thank you so much, God, for the birth of Oaks Church. Thank you so much for Chuck and Melba Pruitt and the Evangel Temple family. Thank you so much for our home there on the frontage road, debt-free. Thank you, God, so much for the architectural plan and the civil engineering. Thank you so much, God, that we're so close. Thank you for the weekly services and the miracles every week and the altars and the healing in people's bodies and the testimonies of deliverance. Thank you for the team and the staff that you're putting together. Thank you for the new ministries that Oaks Church is getting ready to birth and to create to make a bigger impact, a splash in these communities for you. Oh, God, I pray today. That in this next year, you would financially do more for Oaks Church. That you would financially begin to pour in a harvest. That you would begin to pour in seed, God. That you would begin to move on people's hearts to get behind this vision. To get behind this ministry. To get behind this house. To go forward into the future. God, I just ask that you would help us in even choosing more staff for our littles department. And for our pastoral care team. And that you would help us in raising up senior adult ministry. And men's ministry. And women's ministry. And having the right people and having the right resources to budget them. God, I just pray that you would send in everything that Oaks Church needs to see that frontage road property not only started but completed and finished. Oh God, I just asked you today to be who you are to us, to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything we could ask, think, or imagine. This is what your word says. God, be anxious for nothing, but with all things through prayer and supplication, let our requests be made known to you, O God, with thanksgiving. So God, I make these requests known now that you would stabilize the waters, that you would steady the ship, that you would break all the shackles, that you would unite the hearts of the people of Oaks Church, that you would keep the enemy from pulling anyone astray or pulling anything apart. God, that you would bless this church to grow and bless this church to walk in the power of dead raising revival anointing that you would bless this church to see the captives free that you would bless this church to stand up and to become strong and sovereign on the I-20 corridor there in the city of Monroe with life and light and love and ministry and hope going out of the steeples and out of the windows and out of the doors flowing into the hearts of hurting and desperate and broken and hungry people God, I thank you for it today. I know you're going to do it. You've already sent it. You've already said it's on the way. You've already said it's running towards us. And so, God, I thank you for it today. And I make up my mind. 
I make up my heart. I settle it today. We're running towards you. We're running towards it. We're running towards vision. We're running towards growth. We're running towards revival. We're running towards expansion. We're running towards taking ground. We're running towards wholeness and purity and peace and forgiveness. We're running towards the kingdom of heaven, God, being poured out in this earth. I thank you for it today. God, there's people here that as we're talking about this in Oaks Church, you're saying deeper things to them, intimate things to them on personal levels about their futures and about their fit and their place and their connection. God, I just pray today that they would be released, that they would run towards it and that it would run towards them and that Oaks Church would see a harvest, that they would see a harvest that Monroe would see a harvest, that Northeast Louisiana would see a harvest. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen.